This call is being recorded. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the BT Powerhouse podcast, our first one here in the uh, the quarantine of the uh, the offseason here for college basketball. As always, I'm Thomas Bendit, the host of the podcast, as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. And we have a special guest on us with with us today to to chat about the season that was or wasn't, I guess, um, as well as the offseason and kind of just general thoughts on on what to expect as we move forward into very uncharted waters. Um, and that's Seth Tao. Seth, how's it going? I'm doing really well. It's surpri- I mean, <laughs> it, there probably aren't that many people that can say that right now. I feel for a lot of people. I'm, I've been moved to news at my job for the most part. I'm doing some sports stuff on the side. So mm-hmm. but it's, it's mainly news coverage. But so it, I cannot tell you how happy I am to be able to talk sports for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and that's one of the things you know. Usually, I, I try not to do podcasts when we have nothing to talk about, but I think everybody could use a a break if if they could, if even for for five minutes. Um, so so with that, why don't we why don't we jump into sports? And Seth, before we get into it, I guess um, just clue people in or what are you working on now? Um, I know we've had you on the podcast a couple of times, but for people who haven't heard you on here before. So, yeah, I currently, when you had me on the podcast before the season, I was still unemployed. I have since landed a job. I cover high school sports on the Eastern shore of Maryland. So okay. Congratulations. I'm, I'm mainly doing, thank you. Yeah. It, it, I, I would rather be doing high school sports right now than the news, but Every, it's enough. a weird what what a time to be alive right mm-hmm. so um yeah it, it's a fun job but i for people who don't know i guess i went to indiana for four years i spent three years covering iu basketball two with inside indiana which is no longer a thing that was previously the 24 7 sports site and that got 24 7 and scout had their whole absorbing and merging and yeah. all that but inside so inside indiana my stuff is still on the the site but inside indiana no longer exists and um well it might still exist somehow but i'm i'm, I'm not aware about inside indiana okay. anymore and uh i spent sure. senior year with inside the hall so excellent yeah and yeah, i spent so this very... year watching from more of a fan question mark perspective <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But nonetheless, very, very experienced in Big Ten stuff, very experienced in and obviously Indiana. Hoops. Oh, yeah. Um, so a lot to talk about. I think was Indiana the last Indiana wasn't the last game of the college basketball season, but last game of the Big Ten season. Yeah, they're the last or, ten of the last last game of the Big Ten season, not last game of college basketball, but last game of the Big Ten season. That was so the game that Fred Hoiberg got sick. Yeah, that was that was pretty traumatizing to watch. Um, so I, I do have to ask you, as an Indiana fan, are you claiming the Big Ten tournament title now? Since uh, <laughs> we're undefeated in in the conference tournament, I'm sure some more hardcore Indiana fans might have different <laughs> thoughts. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think anybody can reasonably make that claim. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's crazy. Um, it it's just so weird that you know we had two games and and nothing else. Um, but but why don't we start with that? I mean, obviously we there's no way around it. I know a lot of people listening don't want to talk about coronavirus, don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that's dealing with it, whether it's uh, physically in a hospital, a family member, or you know, you're one of us that are just stuck at home 
doing doing nothing um or maybe you've had job troubles so obviously we feel for everybody that's going through that um but from a sports college basketball perspective um what are your overall thoughts i guess on this cancellation i mean the big 10 tournament went through one day then it then it was canceled ncaa tournament never happened we had the whole thing where they were going to play without fans and then like 24 hours later they just canceled it so um do you have any lasting thoughts on it um i guess what are you feeling on that front i mean it's not there's no debate here like if if the last Mm -hmm. few if the last month had shown anything like if it's if anything they probably didn't cancel everything soon enough like the nba canceled their season because right up with the whole Rudy Gobert incident and it, that just kind of sparked a domino effect. And it was only a matter of time once the NBA canceled before everything else went down mm-hmm. and you could kind of feel it coming, like watching that Indiana Nebraska game, like especially once you could t- see, once you saw Fred Hoiberg slouch over, he didn't even have coronavirus, but once you saw him slouch over, you're like, yeah, we're not having a March madness. And it became pretty clear that we may have been watching the last game of the big 10 season at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, what, what can you say? Like, it it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, March Madness is my favorite time. The first two days of the NCAA tournament are my two favorite days of the year. Like, I senior year at Indiana, I skipped all my classes those days and spent both those days at <laughs> Buffalo with friends watching <laughs> watching basketball games. They were some of my favorite days ever. Like, I, I, March Madness I, is met is the the best time of year. Like, it's unfortunate that we couldn't have it, but if, again, if last month has shown anything, like they didn't have a choice. I I agree, and I will say, you know, I have I have the same general thought. I mean, obviously, it sucks. Everybody that's listening to this podcast is a diehard college hoops fan, and um, it's just it's really unfortunate. And I I think just one thing I kind of wanted to highlight here, and I know it's been talked about to death, so I'm I'm not going to belabor the point, but really, it was not feasible. I know a lot of people have said, "Why didn't you try to like redo it?" You know, in a couple months down the road. Why didn't you try to do it without fans and see what happens? Um, a couple of things. I mean, the first thing is I don't think it's feasible to just bring everybody back together, guys that are getting ready for the NBA draft, people who maybe live overseas, uh, people who may have family members going through all this craziness to come back and play a postseason tournament two months from now. And, I mean, how are you going to get the venues? logistically, I just, I don't think that's something you, you could do, even though there'd be a lot of interest, there'd be a lot of money on the line. Um, I, I just, I don't see how you could have done it uh, a couple months from now. And then as far as playing without fans, we saw with the Fred Hoiberg thing, but moreover, I mean, what happens if one person gets sick? I mean, if say Indiana makes the NCAA tournament, um, somebody gets sick on Indiana's team, does that, everybody who plays against Indiana has to quarantine per the guidelines for 14 days? So is that every team they've played in the Big Ten tournament going back a week? Then are all those teams eliminated and everyone they've played? I mean, it gets it's quickly spirals out of control. Um, so I, I don't think logistically that that was something they really could have done. So um, overall, yeah, very disappointing. And um, Seth, if if there's a team or teams from the Big Ten perspective you feel the worst for, I guess, because I think everybody feels bad about what happened. Even, um, well, I guess not the teams that got eliminated on Wednesday. They didn't have a hope, uh, hope for the the postseason. But there were some teams, you know, Purdue, a lot of people had out of the tournament. But if they won the Big Ten tournament, they could have gotten in, et cetera. Um, who do you feel the worst for, I guess, from a Big Ten perspective? I mean, I don't feel as bad for the teams that were on the outside of the tournament looking in, mm-hmm. like, 
it, it's yeah. more so i mean the big 10 is a conference like they were gonna have like what like nine or ten teams like they were gonna have like mm-hmm. 10 teams in the tournament this year like it's a tough hit for the conference as a whole who really has gotten the tough end of the stick from the committee in the last several years, like that there actually have been tournaments. Like this was going to be the the big tens year to get a ton of teams in the tournament. They were going to have like double digit teams in the tournament. And you had a few teams that could like Maryland could have made a run in the tournament. Like they had, you know, you can debate about if they really would have or not, but they certainly were like, you there's a good case they could have made a run. Michigan State could have made a run. Yeah. Ohio State could have made a run. Like plenty of teams in here. Like Iowa. I mean, when you have a player like Luca Garza this year, like they obviously could have made a run. I mean, even a team like Indiana. Like I feel bad for for Indiana because this was going to be the first time they they were going to be in the tournament this year. This would have been their first tournament berth since the the Yogi Ferrell days. Like they, like it, it's. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for all of these types of teams. I agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I feel a lot less worse for a team like Nebraska whose season actually did come to a close. I mean, they were not getting a postseason berth, so their season was completed, but uh, yeah, the, the teams that were going to the NCAA tournament. And I think the two for me that, that I, I feel the worst for are oh. Rutgers and Penn state. Yeah, um, I just, I, mean, I just remembered. Yeah. Rutgers is, is, is on the top of that list. Yeah. The longest NCAA drought, uh, Per Power Five teams, uh, Rutgers had that. It would have ended last month. Um, unfortunately, it will. I don't. I don't know how we're going to deal with that. I mean, I guess you have to say it continues. They didn't get to play in it, um, but obviously, everybody knows that it would have ended had the tournament went forward. Um, and then I, I agree with you as far as the conference perspective. I've been saying since uh, December, maybe even November, that I felt like this was the Big Ten's best chance to break that NCAA or the national title drought and actually win on Monday night in April um, in years. I mean, maybe, maybe those Wisconsin teams with Kaminsky, those were obviously fantastic teams, but other than that, this felt like the year the big 10 was going to have a really, really good shot of breaking through. I mean, you talk to talk about teams like Maryland, Michigan state, even, even outsiders like Michigan and Ohio state, they did great in non-conference play. And then they sort of, went up and down a little bit in big 10 play, but those are teams that I expected to sort of rise back up with, with a little bit different style of play. So yeah, very disappointing on all of that sense. Um, any other thoughts? Cause I, I do, I want to get off the negative stuff and go towards the more uplifting stuff. So any last thoughts, I guess, as far as the canceled season, uh, what is, what could have been, et cetera. I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I'd necessarily think it would have been a Big Ten title year. I, yeah. I, I, there, there's obviously plenty of debate there, but, you know, the, I, I think it, could, it, would, it would have been entirely feasible to see, like, four to five Big Ten teams in the Sweet 16. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, I'm not you saying see teams the down, had... the, down the standings like, like Penn State, or, and Penn State wasn't yeah. down in the standings, but, but, you know, like teams like Penn State or like, I mean, even some of these like projection, like projections or simulations that, uh, of the tournament, like had Indiana winning a few games or like mm-hmm. Rutgers could have won a couple games in the tournament and surprised people. Like the, the Big Ten's depth like would have shown up like in the first yeah. couple rounds of the tournament. I still, I probably would have picked Kansas to win the tournament this year, but I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say, I mean, Gonzaga and Kansas to me seemed like the top two teams. Um, but with that said, I mean, Virginia was the number one overall seed a couple of years ago, went out in the first round. So, I mean, it's 
it's possible, but I, I agree. Those the Big Ten wouldn't have been favored from a, a single team uh phase, but yeah, the depth that would have been really exciting to potentially get into the second weekend with five, six teams um playing and a couple, you know, Michigan State. I mean, I know a lot of people thought they could be a sleeper to advance. So it would have been fun to watch, but um but with that, let's shift to I guess the the focus on the the more positive things. Um first off, I'm just gonna note for the podcast, for the website moving forward, I'm going to be assuming that there's going to be a season next year. Uh, on the one hand, I will be too disappointed if it doesn't happen. Um, on the second, it's too far out. And I don't know about you, Seth, but I'm not an infectious disease expert. So I'm not going to uh, come up with any theories. on. Although uh, plenty of other people do, but I'm not going to come up with any theories on when this situation is going to be resolved, when we can have games again, when we can have fans again. So I'm just going to assume the season's happening at this point, but um, let's start. Let's start with that. I mean, obviously, recruiting is a different animal right now. I mean, usually this is a very active time of the year, and it's kind of a standstill because nobody can go anywhere. Um, what are the top things you're watching for in the off season as far as college basketball, the Big Ten, um, and across, I guess, sports? I mean, it's really just when are things coming back? That's what I'm watching for right now. Like I, I'm grasping on, I'm grasping on to whatever sports <laughs> events there are right now. You know, like the NFL draft next week, I've never been more excited for an NFL draft in my life. I, I'm not, my friends will, <laughs> will state, you know, I'm not this type that gets super into the NFL draft until maybe a couple days before. And I, and really only for my teams, like I'm not this guy that absorbs all these mock drafts, but I'm, not, I'm still not really doing that, but I'm I'm hype for the NFL draft just because it's actual <laughs> sports. It's an actual sports thing that would have already been happening anyway, even if it's a little abnormal. Like I'm ready for the NFL draft. I'm gonna watch the heck out of whatever golf comes back in like June. I'm not a yeah. big golf guy either, but you know, like just I'm just waiting, like looking for news through the offseason of when things are gonna come back. And you know, mm-hmm. you can do all the speculation about who NBA draft, like people are declaring and who's going to stay in college and who's going to go. But it's like, who knows when the NBA draft is actually going to happen mm-hmm. because who knows when the NBA, when and if the NBA season is going to get finished. So mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to get too into, you know, like my brother and I had a debate, like if uh, Io DeSumo from Illinois is going to come back to yeah. school or if he's going to stay in the draft. And part of me wants to have that debate, but it's also just like, I don't know when the draft is going to be and, normally he would have to make that decision by sometime in may but he may have until like july or august to make that decision right now Mm -hmm. yeah and that's something i i wanted to to touch on a little bit here is the nba season obviously suspended at this point from everything i've read it seems like they want to try to resume it but as we all know nobody knows what's going on right now so um is presuming it is it is uh resumed and we do have a draft, I would expect, August, I, I don't know, September. I mean, I, I don't really have any idea how they would do that. I can't, I can't imagine they're going to do it at the same time. I guess, I guess that's the first question. Do you think they'll do it at, at the same time? Do you have any thoughts on that? Should they delay it? Should, and how do you think the NCAA, I guess, should, should work with them as far as um, extend, maybe extending deadlines, uh, allowing players an extra month or two for eligibility? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think that 
as far as eligibility, like whatever rules would have been in place, like normally, like they shouldn't be punished because of this virus. Like if the draft gets extended, then they're, they should have however long they need to make that decision. Like as far Mm -hmm. as staying and going and yeah, it might give them some extra time to think, but are we really going to punish kids because there's a a global pandemic right now? Like I, I don't think that, it's realistic to force kids to make this decision before they know when the draft is going to happen and before they know what is going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and one other piece, I guess in a similar vein, uh, the NCAA, they announced that they're giving spring athletes, which is like baseball, softball, stuff like that. They're giving them basically a free year of eligibility Um, However, they're not giving that to the winter sport athletes, which obviously would include college basketball. Um, We've seen a lot of debate about it. We've seen a lot of discussion. I think logistically it would probably be a nightmare to to give a lot of these players eligibility just for scholarship limits, stuff like that. Um, However, and even uh, just playing time, like it's one thing for like a baseball team, like where you're rotating pitchers in and out like every day Mm -hmm. and you're mixing you baseball has a a bunch more games. So you're mixing up the lineups like every day and things like that. And guys are getting more playing time. You're able to rotate it around a little more in basketball. You only have your team only has five guys on the court at a time. And Mm -hmm. you're only like the, the, as it is like the 12th or 13th guy at the end of the bench is not really seeing the court anyway. So adding more players to that is not helping really anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was going to obviously what I was going to ask is sort of your thoughts on on that front. And one of the things I had thought about is a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but when Tim Miles was still at Nebraska, he had commented that he thought part of this transfer. I know back then people were calling it the transfer epidemic. I think people now are more comfortable with it. So I guess it's not an epidemic anymore. I don't know. But uh that's your word right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess triggered. Uh, <laughs> I'm triggering a lot of people here, I guess, but, um, you know, I think, I think fears have calmed down about, about the transfer market and the number, but at that point, you know, a lot of people were concerned. It seemed like it was progressively going uphill. Everybody was transferring, et cetera. And one of the comments Tim Miles had is that it, it sounds bad, but there are too many scholarships. They need to reduce the scholarships by one or two for college basketball teams, because you have these three or four extra guys around that are decent players, but they can't play. Like we just don't have enough minutes to go around for all these guys. And that is the comment I was thinking of, because I I don't necessarily agree with, with Tim miles on that front. I think that was a little bit of a dramatic take, but the idea of, you know, you take a team like, um, I I guess I'll just use Michigan as as an example. Uh, John Teske, Xavier Simpson were both seniors this year. Played a ton. Obviously, Simpson's probably the most productive player on the team for this season. And if you just gave those guys an extra year and said, okay, come on back. You don't count against the scholarship limit, anything like that. Um, I mean, what if you're a freshman? I mean, they have a point guard coming in this year, Zeb Jackson. And you're coming in thinking, all right, I'm probably going to be the backup. You know, maybe I'll have a shot at the starting job if I really do well, you know, in in summer workouts and, and the fall. And now you're like, oh, Xavier Simpson's coming back. I'm not going to play at all. Um, that That's something that I have to think w- was in mind for the NCAA and at least the coaches. Um, and I I mean, I think people probably could have figured that out for a year. But, yeah, it would have caused a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of 
discussion in the locker rooms. I'll, I'll say that much. Well, yeah, you know, that's the thing. I don't think it would have just had a one-year impact. You do that type of thing, and that impacts everybody down the road because then you're cutting, you're kind of cutting a year out of, like you say, the yeah. freshmen that are coming in. You're cutting basically a year out of their careers because they're, you know, if Xavier Simpson's back at Michigan, like you say, then Zeb Jackson doesn't get the playing time he expects. And that just kind of impacts his whole basketball career and what he could even be aspiring to beyond Michigan. And that's just not fair for those kids. And look, obviously, it would be completely different if they didn't play the whole basketball season. Then it would be a completely yeah. different discussion. But they just missed the postseason, and while it sucks, like you, I, it's completely. It's one thing to just miss the postseason compared to missing the entire season. Mm-hmm. I agree, and you know it's it's disappointing. Like I would not have wanted to talk to some of those seniors that you know worked their whole career, particularly uh, seniors at the mid major schools where maybe this was their only shot ever to play in the NCAA yeah. tournament. I mean that. I, I would not have wanted to be around them when they announced it was canceled. Um, but, you know, as you said, I mean, the college basketball season, you're lucky if you get to play uh, two or three games in the NCAA tournament or even the NIT uh, versus the 30 or whatever that you play during the regular season. So, I mean, uh, small, I, I think people get over it. And obviously there are, some more pressing issues at this time, I guess. Um, yeah. But, but, but people that, that care guess, about those issues deeply are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I hope they care about both. I hope they care about both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not but, saying uh, I don't care. I'm not saying I don't care. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think um, – but, yeah, the, the NBA draft discussion is going to be really interesting to follow, and I know the Big Ten um, – the Big Ten has gotten hit pretty hard as, as far as NBA decisions on paper as of now. Um, you know, Isaiah Livers for Michigan, Maryland um, had a big declaration. Uh, Garza, as of now, is is in the draft. Uh, you mentioned um, Illinois; they got whacked with with two NBA declarations, which I shouldn't I shouldn't present this as such a negative thing. I mean, getting players to the NBA is, is definitely a positive. Right, that's a good thing. But, for the uh, sure, but. For next season, they would probably like to have some of these players. Uh, well, but yeah, are there any, are there any that uh, that stood out to you a lot? You you mentioned one earlier. Um, any that you're keeping a close eye on, despite the fact that you know we really don't know what on earth is happening with the NBA draft at this point. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Going through the ones that you mentioned. Um, Jalen Smith from Maryland is he's going to stay in the mm-hmm. draft. I mean, he's he's an NBA player. He's going to stay. I don't see him coming back to Maryland. Garza, I could see coming back to Iowa. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure how he projects out in the NBA. And I mean, he obviously you you want to think from from his perspective, from a career perspective. He obviously would be able to like if he came back to Iowa. Iowa is looking like a like top 15, top 10 type team next year, like mm-hmm. potential like elite eight, final four type team. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, that's an interesting one. I'm keeping an eye on. Like I mentioned before, Io DeSumo, I'm not totally sure about him. I apparently I've been informed by, I'm not, I have not read too many NBA mock drafts or anything like that, but uh, I've been informed that he may be lower in, in those types of like, he may be lower in terms of the NBA prospect ratings than I had anticipated him being. I think he's a really good player and mm-hmm. will be, is an NBA caliber player, but 
maybe that leads to him coming back to school next year. And uh, I think Coburn from Illinois is probably going to stay. I mean, he's big, he's big and he's got a lot of raw talent and that can play into the NBA. Um, not sure who else I'm really keeping an eye on. If you mentioned some names, I may be able to <laughs> um, jog well, the old memory. Uh, the Livers. sports brain has been off for a little while. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think, Isaiah, I think... Isaiah Livers? I mean, and that's an interesting one. Uh, you, I mean, you're a Michigan guy. You would know more about Isaiah Livers than I would. Um, yeah, I, I think Livers, to me, he said publicly, which I know a lot of guys say this, if he gets a guarantee, he will uh, he'll stay in the draft. If he doesn't, he'll come back. But I think for Michigan – having just gotten the the two gut punches in a row last week. If you're a recruiting yeah. follower, they miss out on Josh Christopher, who uh, the quote-unquote insider said they were going to get uh, for months. They were it. heavily favored to get him. Yes, heavily favored elite five-star recruit. They miss on him. He goes to Arizona State to play with his brother, um, which was conveniently ignored by a lot of Michigan fans that his brother played there. But that aside, and then uh, Isaiah Todd, another five-star, who was committed to Michigan – but had not signed, decides to go play pro in the G League um, for at least, I guess, a year um, instead of playing at Michigan next year. So two two punches there, but I think that makes Liver's decision really, really important because I think if they had gotten one of those, if not both, Michigan's probably fine. Um, at this point, though, I mean, if they don't get Liver's back, they're going to have some – they already have some serious guard depth issues, um, and adding the forward position to that would obviously make things – even tougher. So it's a big decision. Um, I, I kind of think he's going to come back, um, but I'm, I I could see this one very much going either way. It'll be interesting. Um, Then the other one that I think is really big for Michigan state, Xavier Tillman. Um, Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's had, you know, two really productive years and I see, I think there's a lot of mixed opinions out there uh, around him. You know, I, I've seen some discussion that seems to be, well, what is he without Cassius Winston? What what will he be if he's the guy where they're going to try to run stuff through, et cetera? Um, I think he's a really polished player. I think he's a diverse player. I don't think he has that one skill where you just look at him and say he jumps off the sheet. And to me, that's why he's probably not getting more NBA attention or is like a clear cut go to the NBA. But to me, he's a polished player. He's really experienced. And I think... Michigan State will be fine whether he comes back or he doesn't. Um, but they're going to – He, I mean, he's a very, very important player. I, I think they would obviously shift down a rung or two if, if he stays or it stays in the draft. Michigan State, I've learned, is the one team in maybe the country that no matter who they lose, like they're, <laughs> they're fine. Like Xavier Tillman might impact their ceiling really, but like I, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and one thing, one sleeper they have coming in next year, which uh, a lot of people forgot about is Joey Hauser from Marquette. Yeah. He'll be eligible next year after sitting out a year. Um, so he's, he's a guy to keep an eye on for big 10 fans who have not followed Michigan state recruiting and, and whatnot heading into next year. So a team to watch. Um, but with that uh, let's, let's jump into next year for a second or two. I mean, obviously we've, there's a lot of uncertainty not only on the draft, but a lot of teams are still out there actively recruiting transfers. Um, we've seen a few commitments over the last couple of weeks. Ohio State's really been hitting the transfer portal uh, very hard. They get Seth Towns from Harvard, um, a couple other commitments that I'm not sure are going to be as impactful. But um, 
do you have any thoughts on on how the Big Ten is going to look overall next year? Uh, we mentioned Garza. I mean, he's obviously Big Ten Player of the Year, going to be a huge impact whether he stays or returns. Um, what are your thoughts, I guess, early, early thoughts on the uh, next season that we hope is uh, this year for the Big Ten? I mean, the teams that you, I think you got to look at, like you say, if, if Garza's back, even if he's not back, they should be good. I mean, they're going to have Jordan Bohannon back. And yes. if they get, if they have Garza in there too, I mean, they're going to be really, really, really good. They'll be, mm-hmm. I think they'll be good either way, but I mean, having a, a player of the year type back, back in that team makes, makes them one of the best in the country. Michigan state, like I say, they should, you, losing Cassius Winston is going to hurt and, losing Xavier Tillman potentially would hurt as well, but they still, they've got so much talent. They, they're just a, a pipeline. I mean, they, you know, Aaron Henry's still there. He's, he's real good. Joey Hauser, like you say, he's good. Like rocket Watts was solid this season. Like mm-hmm. they, they've got, they'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin, we haven't yes. even mentioned Wisconsin in this, in, mm-hmm. in this conversation yet. I mean, they want to share the big 10 title and they're going to have pretty much everybody back on their team. So realistically they should be right back there again. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine them being much worse Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers should have pretty much everybody back. Like they could be right back up there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think w- the team that, that I've been most surprised at the lack of coverage, I guess, is definitely Wisconsin. I mean, they want to share the big 10 last year. And I know there's a lot of times this thought about Wisconsin that they kind of stink in non-conference play and they know how to play other big 10 teams and they get momentum going, but they were like phenomenal the last month of the season or so. I forget how many games they won in a row heading into the Big Ten tournament. But, I mean, just as hot as you could be, um, let's look at this. Eight eight wins in a row, nine of ten coming into the uh, Big Ten tournament. That includes Michigan on the road, Indiana on the road, um, Ohio State at home. They beat Michigan State at home. I mean, just – fantastic way to close out the regular season and we ne- we won't know whether that would have translated into the big 10 and ncaa tournaments we don't know but they're a team that they're bringing back basically everything um and i i think yeah they're probably not going to have the same ceiling as some other teams because they don't have the same raw talent as you know like maryland did last year but really solid they're going to be super experienced and they're going to just play their style and, and wear a lot of people down. So it's uh, they're definitely a sleeper. I think to me, I think I was the favorite until Garza uh, stays in the NBA draft. I mean, they're just going to be ridiculously deep next year. And they're, they're going to have four or five guys that are probably going to be an all big 10 consideration at the end of the season. And that's usually a pretty good recipe <laughs> for success. So it, it should be interesting. Um, and uh, you know, I, what do you think about Indiana? I mean, do you think, the Hoosiers can can make some noise. Well, they were be- they were better this season. I mm-hmm. I came on here and said that I didn't think they were a tournament team before the season. They were going to make the tournament. Oh I'm yeah. Still, the, I'm still not completely sold on Archie Miller. There were moments okay. this year where I thought that they looked on. You know, they would come out of a timeout and just look complete like they still had no idea what they were doing. And you know, but I, overall, like tangible improvements were made and he's this next year will be the first year where uh, I believe no two years next year is the last year of the guys that were recruited by Tom Crean. So 
mm-hmm. he's getting more of his recruits in the system and they've gotten better every single this will be next year will be his fourth year they've gotten yeah. better every single year that he's been there and see seeing a guy like trace jackson davis like he's an all big 10 candidate in my mind next mm-hmm. year and he was a lot i did a big story on him at the end of my senior year and kind of like described him as this guy that was going to be a good contributor as a freshman, but be there for two, three years and really help out. I did. I underestimated how good he would be as a freshman. I thought he was a little more raw when I saw him in high school. He was really good last year. They've got a, a the, the, the big problem with Indiana is their three point shooting yeah. has always been their Achilles heel. Like I predicted. And they, <laughs> yes. I don't know my, I, I don't know much about the incoming recruiting class, but they've got some more guards that I would, think may hopefully be able to shoot from the Indiana perspective. But again, they've, they've improved every year under Archie Miller so far. So I don't think they're going to be in the mix for like winning the big 10, but I think that I would think they'd be right back around the 20 win mark next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they've been, they've been gradually trending up. I mean, obviously a lot slower than Indiana fans would like, um, but they have improved. I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think, yeah, if they can figure out a way to fix that shooting issue, they'll be a very, very good team. Um, easier said than done, obviously, but they'll be interesting to watch. I think they'll be in the NCAA tournament picture again. I, I would have to figure. So, I mean, um, I don't think the Big Ten is going to be as deep as it was this year. No. Um, and, I mean, the reason I say that, I know I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, but you had like a team like Purdue who was not a bad team. I mean, were they great? No, but Purdue 24th on Ken Palm uh, at the end of the year, and they probably were not going to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's just crazy to me. I mean, that is not something that happens on a regular basis. And the big reason was because the Big Ten was so deep. So I don't think it's going to be as deep as it was this year. Um, However, I do still think you're going to get your usual five to eight teams that are going to be in that NCAA discussion. And I think there'll be there'll be a handful of teams beyond that that can do some damage. But I think the biggest thing is I think you're going to have uh, a bigger bottom this year. I mean, this this season, it was Nebraska, Northwestern were horrendous. Everybody else is pretty good. And I don't think you're going to see that next year. I think you're going to see a couple other teams. I would still tend to throw Minnesota and Purdue into some in-between zone there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, I don't know. I will die on the Purdue tree. I still think they were pretty decent <laughs> this year. Like, I think it was one of those, like, I don't know, man. I mean, look at their, I admittedly don't, don't have their schedule in front of me right now. I'm about to pull sure. it up, but show me what their best win was. And I, I'm just well, not, they, they I was Michigan never State. really, did they beat Michigan State? Yeah, that was that game where they just blew the doors off of them and went by like 30. Now, granted, you could say you could say it was, you know, an exception to the to the rule, so to speak. Um, but it, I think it was one of those things, though, like to me on Purdue, where like they were they were pretty young overall um, and they lost a lot of games that were that were pretty competitive against what was strength of yeah, schedule per Ken Palm. twice too. Yeah. Strength of schedule per Ken Palm. They were sixth nationally. Um, now, granted, Ken Palm likes the Big Ten a lot, so it was it's a little skewed for the for the conference. But I just to me, it's one of those things. They lost a lot of games against a really tough schedule and they probably would not have made the NCAA tournament. And I'm not going to defend them on that sense, because 
making the tournament is you don't have to be the greatest team in the world. I mean, you need to win like 20 games, but um, yeah. I don't think they were. I don't know. I, I, guess I think funny. that I, I personally <laughs> think they've lost too many games to, to be in that real discussion. And I agree. Yeah, I was just never. It, it was also the type of thing where I guess I clearly forgot that win over Michigan State. And they I mean, that was back. in the thing is, that was back in January, too. And True. That type of performance, like plenty of teams have those types of performances and don't make the tournament. And late in the season, I, I would see them and just wasn't super impressed by them. Even like they beat Indiana twice. And I was not, I mean, I thought both of those games were the types where Indiana played even worse than Purdue did. And it Purdue coming out <laughs> and playing really well, you know, that, uh, was it the first one or was it the second? One of those games was just horribly ugly. I mean, just, just awful. Um, I forget which one it was, but one of them was. I think it was the, the game at Mackey. I think. Well, they, they were both ugly, honestly. I mean, <laughs> the, the the game at Mackey finished fifty-seven forty-nine, which is probably that what we're talking was, about. Yeah, yeah, that was it. One of them was just like unwatchable. I mean, that was one of those typical games where Indiana goes on like a like twelve-minute like scoring drought or between the first and second half or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I I don't think Purdue should have made the tournament because I mean, to me. The tournament should be based on your resume solely. I don't think you should choose it based on potential, stuff like that. It should be how many wins you have, what did you play, et cetera. Um, but I do think they were better than their resume indicated. But whatever. And to be and to be okay. fair to them, like I would mark them as a potential bounce back candidate for next yeah. year. Just they, I mean, Matt Painter's one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. And I would trust I would trust him to to rebound from this year. I agree. Yeah, I, they they should be able to to do better next year, and I think. Uh, um, but nonetheless, I I do think you're going to see more teams that are like squarely out of the discussion a month month and a half prior to Selection Sunday. Um, but overall, yeah. But uh, but with that, I, I'll probably wrap things up here. We've, we've talked for a bit. Um, Seth, do you have any final thoughts? I guess on on the Big Ten, the off season. Uh, moving into the fall, any any thoughts on that? And then, if you would, um, just let people know where they can check out your stuff. I don't really have any other closing thoughts. I mean, I'm just I really want sports back. I, I yeah. really this was fun being able to get my mind off of everything else going on and just like actually talk about sports for a little while. I really, really hope that college basketball happens as normal that we can finally get like the NBA season back going at some point. I I'm very sympathetic and and worried that we're going to reopen the country too soon. I don't want to get into a political dis- discussion or anything mm-hmm. like that, but we need to be, I want to be able to do it safely, but I want my sports back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as far as checking out my stuff, um, I'm on Twitter at Seth Tao. You can follow me. I'm not tweeting out as many high school sports updates right now because there's not <laughs> much to talk about, but uh, I tweet out all my work there i write at the for the star democrat in Easton, maryland on the eastern shore so you can check my stuff out there it's all behind a paywall that i'm sure none of you will subscribe to but <laughs> some of my stuff is going to be in front of a paywall because of, we're we're putting our uh, coronavirus coverage in front of in front of the okay. paywall so anything i write relating to coronavirus go check it out at stardem.com there's the excellent plug. well, the well thanks for coming on we appreciate it and you know for those of you who don't know what's going on with with coronavirus go follow seth and learn some stuff uh but with that i'll, I'll wrap up things as always my name is thomas bendit you can follow me on twitter at t bendit 
check out BT Powerhouse. We do have recruiting stuff. Um, I'm hoping to drop the way too early Big Ten stuff for next season. Um, apologize for the delay, but uh, to be honest, I just I'm still like it's so hard to assess where anything is for next season that it's it's really hard to predict anything with any certainty but um but with that thanks everyone for listening we appreciate it stay safe and we hope to see you uh on our next podcast and next season